Hey, Wolfpack Nation, Scott Wood here on Scott Wood's One Man Wolfpack. I hope all you guys enjoy the podcast that we've been doing as much as we putting it out there. Uh, feel free to like, subscribe, do all those things. Uh, we'd like to welcome Joe Giglio from ESPN The Fan. Also, he's been there for like 30 years with uh, News and Observer, I believe. Uh, we met a long time ago, back when I was at NC State. We've kind of established a connection uh, became friends over the year, played around the golf the other day. Uh, I know he wants to bet a, against my Steelers, so we'll probably touch on that a little bit. Uh, well, welcome to the show. Well, I owe you several uh, interviews, so th th this goes against my tab, right? This comes off? Hey, I will tell you, it's, it's a little weird that I'm going to be the one asking the mm -hmm. questions because this is what you've been doing all the years. So we'll we'll change it up a little bit and see how it goes. Okay. All right, so... Let's kind of jump into it. Um, you know, I we're going to touch on the NC State team, but I always want to kind of get the background on who I'm having on the show. So let's kind of touch on how did you get started on your journalism slash media career? I got started because when I was at NC State, unlike you, I couldn't make open shots. <laughs> so I wasn't good enough to play basketball. I wasn't good enough to play football, which I did in high school. Uh, but I know those sports. I understand those sports. And I had a seventh grade English teacher tell me, you know, uh, you're a pretty good writer. And no one had ever said that to me before. So I thought to myself, well, you're supposed to write what you know. And basketball and football just happened to be what I know. So I started when I was at Technician. Uh, Steve Keim, the Arizona Cardinals GM, was my first guy. You, you were one of my guys. Steve Keim was a, a right guard on their 96, 95, 96 teams. Uh -huh. So it just kind of went from there. Um, really enjoyed it. Obviously, the ACC has had a lot to offer in basketball, certainly. And football's been an adventure. You know, back then it was just Florida State. And now it just seems like it's Clemson. But uh, obviously, I've had a lot of fun doing it. All right, so you, you graduated from state. Well, actually, I started working at the NNO in 95, December of 95, as an agate clerk, which is somebody who answers the phone. Okay. And somebody who, they don't even put box scores in the paper anymore. Uh, but we used to put the box scores in the paper, and I used to have to enter the ACC basketball stats into the paper because people used to like those things. Um, but obviously, so much has changed in the newspaper business. I was there for, and so I, my first shift was in December of 95. My last one was March, uh, the NC State pit game in the ACC tournament. Mm -hmm. And then I switched over to uh, Capital Broadcasting. So I'm at 99.9, a fan here in Raleigh, and you can occasionally see me on WRAL TV. All right. So you don't show, you know, that you're a state guy, especially when you're doing interviews. So... <laughs> Deep down, are you a state guy? That's what I want to know. Because when, you, when you're talking to me, you'd think, okay, this guy's from like Carolina, maybe a Duke. But are you a state guy deep down? I, I have this conversation often with people who were at either state in, say, 83 or 74. Or uh, obviously, there's a, there are a lot of people in the media from Carolina that have a school. And when they're really good and you win a championship when you're in school or have a tremendous amount of success when you're in school, I think it kind of pushes you in a 
direction. Um, when I was in school, <laughs> NC State was not good in basketball. They did not go to the NCAA <laughs> tournament. Uh, the football team, last two of my years there, they won three games. So it was easy for me to divorce myself from fandom in the sense that, you know, if I was there in 83, like I, I can't tell you who I would be, but I'm also from uh, the New York media market. I'm from, New, I grew up in New Jersey. Okay. So like Bill Parcells was the coach I'd read in the paper every day. Um, Billy Martin, you know, the, the adversarial type coaches with the media they'd have these uh relationships actually bill parcells went to the uh, high school where my dad taught for 40 years so it, it's just one of those things people say oh you went to state you must love state i'll say this to you and you see your picture back there trevor lacy's back there um there are people in this that i've covered who i i will unabashedly tell you that i liked and that i rooted for and that i wanted to do well and it does irritate some people at NC State when I lump in, say, a Joel Berry in that conversation. Uh -huh. When I lump in, say, uh, Deontay Williams, a Carolina football player, or TJ Yates, Carolina football player, because those are the people that I covered that I enjoyed. You know, you know how it is. And I and literally now I have to say to people before this, before the pandemic, I have to say to the people at the beginning of the year, Garrett Bradbury, uh, NC State center was one of them. You're going to be my guy this year. And you know what that means? You're, there's going to be a game you lose and I need to talk to you and we need to have like a conversation and not you grunting and being pissed off. And I even now give them the speech and I say, you get one mulligan every year, one <laughs> mulligan. So there's one time you say to me, you can say to me, not today, Joe, we're not doing it today. And that's fine. That's the one you get. Um, but in the oh, other times... I didn't know about any of them mulligans. While uh, I well, I, I think I did it because of uh, you. I think I, I, I created the Scott Wood rule. I think it was, I saw your dad. Uh, Greensboro was your last tournament, right? 13. Yeah. yeah. And he just says to me, <laughs> I'm like, are we allowed to swear on this program? <laughs> he, he just says to me, like, they're, they're just fed up, you know? And I was, because I was, you were cranky. You were cranky as a senior. And I, I said, what is wrong with him? Ah, uh, you know, he's just fed up, fed up with all. Okay, fair. That's fair. I'm not playing. I, I'm just following it. And I'm the one. And you're, you had the misfortune of being with CJ Leslie, who I did not like, uh, and was not a good talker when you could talk to him. And uh, I like Zoe, but yeah. you're just a better talker than Zoe. And Zoe, I would talk often with Zoe, but uh, Lorenzo Brown. And then Rich was volatile. Right. So mm -hmm. I remember a couple times where CJ Leslie would, I would push CJ's buttons and he'd be like, you need to say that to Rich, thinking that Rich was going to punch me. <laughs> no. And, and I didn't know any of the story of how that season started, by the way. Uh, I just remember uh, it was Dayton. We were in Dayton and CJ was like, you, you, can you go ask the question to Rich? See, that's an understandable year for me to be cranky. So uh, I at least tried to power through it the best I could. So I could at least give you enough content to write something. But uh, that was definitely one of those years that, you know, well, probably, yeah. probably a little bit cranky. So so let's move on to kind of the, the state side of it. Uh, yeah. State has played, you know, their first two games. I told 
you know, Jeff Goodman earlier today, I said, I'm not really going to talk about the second game just because no offense, North Florida, they're just terrible. Um, well, they're better the than Charleston game, Southern though. <laughs> but the first game they, we had a first half. They had, they okay. had to play the first half. They had some adversity. I was able to see, you know, a little bit of things transpire and get an idea. So from the first game, if you want to take the second game in, what did you take away from the team and, and some of your thoughts on that? Well, when you look across college basketball right now and you look at how inexperienced every group seems to be, and that includes a team that would have a bunch of transfers. We've seen that at NC State before where you may have older players, but you don't have guys who have actually played together. No. And I think what stands out to me about NC State, DJ Fenderberg, Braxton Beverly, uh, Devin Daniels, they've played together before. And I, I think that's a huge advantage for NC State this year, especially remember, Scott, yes, they've been in the gym, but it's not been the same practice level that you, you would normally have in a run-up to a season. So I, I think that's number one off the top of my head, I say, that's a big advantage for them. Number two, their depth. Uh, I, Kevin has often talked about where when he was at Hargrave and, you know, you could bring in five more guys and you can press and you can do more things when you have more talented athletic players. Mm -hmm. And I think they have a, I think they have a deep crop of those. I know uh, he loves the, the two freshman guards. He really does. And, you, and I liked Markel Johnson. I still like Markel Johnson but he had a difficult relationship with Kevin Keats and, mm. and that's just because of Markel's inconsistencies. And that's, he was so married to Markel because he didn't really have any other point guards. I think he's more comfortable with his rotation with this team and the number of options that he has. Those are the two things that I say just from watching them play two not so good teams that stand out to me. Okay. So that'll bring me to my next question. And the biggest thing for me, the whole preseason is, Who's going to play point guards? Who's going to run the team? Who's going to control the team? Uh, we saw that, you know, the first couple games, Braxton Beverly started at point. Cam Hayes came in. You had uh, more coming in. What do you expect moving forward? Because I can tell you in my mind, I don't see Braxton as the point guard. I don't see him as the long-term solution. I see this as experience early on to be able to get the offense moving. I see him more as a off the ball type of guy. Yeah. So what do you see moving forward from the, this point guard group? Cause I don't, I really don't see Braxton being there much longer. Braxton might be older than you. So I can't say baby Scott Wood, but I've always thought of Braxton's role as a shooter, as a wow. guy who you could kick out to knock down a shot, especially when teams with Markel were helping. And I, I thought that was his role. I think this year his role right now is probably to at least at the start of the season initiate the offense. But with Kevin, and you know more about basketball than I do, Scott, and that is there's a lot of uh, on-ball screens and it's a lot of clear out. So how much of the offense is all that complicated? It's not. So what, what's important for State, though, is to get into – to get Devin into a situation where I think he can be their primary scorer – uh, Kevin likes to use a, a, an elbow set with an Iverson screen that, that he'll probably use Devin on more so this year. But uh, to me, Cam Hayes is the point guard. He'll be the point guard. Shaq Moore is a guy who can also handle the ball, who he can use. He's, he's bringing them along slowly. He, he, you know, he, 
you were a freshman. I think you started every game your freshman year, didn't you? Mm-hmm. Luckily. And, and that, that doesn't happen a lot. Yeah. Uh, but you also had a very specific role, yes. right? Not yes. to diminish, not to diminish your consideration. Well, I didn't talents, have to do, I didn't but... have to, it's, it's a little different when you're playing point guard right. and running the show and understanding, right. okay, we haven't gotten six buckets in a row. We need to slow one down and get to the guy we need to get it to, to, to get a bucket. So it's also yes. a completely different role. I, I'm literally coming off a screen and I either shoot it or throw it into Tracy, Tracy in the post. So, I mean, right. it's, it's, it's a very simple process, but. I'm with you. I think I think Braxton needs to move off ball, be utilized more in the down screens, just because with how much pick and roll this offense does run, you need a guy that can really create and create an advantage off that pick and roll to, you know, hit the roll guy to throw it to the to the shooter because his man's bumping. So it'll be interesting to see when that process kind of happens, because I think it's going to happen. So uh especially with the first couple games it was just a little bit sloppy the first game with they had a lot of turnovers for granted charleston southern had 30 plus turnovers so it was just a sloppy game but i'd like to see them kind of get in that rotation a little bit more just so they can kind of get used to the field especially with michigan and yukon coming up uh it'll be a little bit different you know scenarios with with teams that are going to be a little bit better so it'll definitely be interesting because you know, they're forcing, I got it, 25 and a half turnovers a game. That's not going to happen against Michigan and UConn. 14 steals a game. That's not going to happen. They're averaging 90 points a game. That's not going to happen. And 17 and a half assists a game. That's not going to happen. So I'm really interested to see when they get in, you know, to this better non-conference slash ACC schedule, how these freshmen adjust playing, you know, the point guard position at a high level. So I'm ready for it. Just need to get it, get it going here. Cause I'm tired of watching the Charleston Southerns and well, it's condensed this year too. So be thankful. Uh, I love to give Kevin a hard time, even when, when I'm with him, when I'm not with him, uh, just about the schedule because you know, what, two years ago, they're number yeah. 353 and non-conference strength of schedule say anything you want about your, uh, Last coach at NC State, Mark Godfrey. Man, the got man knew how to schedule. He knew how to game the system for the NCAA tournament. Uh, that That is not a trait that Kevin ha- also has. He's more of, I want to pound teams as badly as I can, play as many players as I can, get as much confidence as I can in my group before we get into ACC play. Yeah, but you got you got to also have those non-conference games, and I think he's he's he started to kind of, especially after that one year, to kind of up the non-conference a little bit. So, um, Devin Daniels, I know we talked via text and and on the course uh, when we played the other day. He's my he's gonna be my guy. I think when state is rolling, it's gonna be kind of through him. You kind of know what you're gonna get with him. He's gonna be high energy. He's he's gonna have to be that guy that can kind of create plays and and put the the ball in the basket. Kind of touch on one, what you saw out of him the first game, and then a second question, which you can touch on afterwards. What do you know about the situation with him sitting out? Uh for the game. Cause I mean, I've heard some stuff and I can tell you, I don't think any of them are true. I think it's all fabricated, but what do you know about that situation and what do you kind of expect from him? So let's start with the, the last question first. You mean he didn't start in the second game. Correct. After scoring 29 points. 
with Kevin, that could be any number of things, including being late to a practice, being late to a meeting. He, he's pretty a stickler on that one. He's not the most organized guy in the history of the world, but he does have rules. And we've seen this before where a guy uh, misses a meeting or misses a shoot around or something, mm-hmm. and they end up not starting. Uh, yeah. It could also just merely be he, Kevin, likes to say we don't have five starters, right? So okay. who, who are you going to bench against, you know, North Florida? Well, you can you can go to your senior and say, you know what? I, I need him off the bench today. Uh, that could be any combination of those two things. I'm going to correct you, though, about when NC State is going to be good. Okay. Because we have to think about think about it in your own experience, right? When you have more than one guy going, and I think Devin Daniels will be their best player. I think he'll be their primary scorer. He's the given. Mm-hmm. It's going. It's going to be the other games which we haven't quite seen yet. And and I get it. The two the two games they played. I want to see Thomas Allen making shots. I want to see Braxton Beverly making shots. I want to see um, almost like a second type unit with the young guys and Darian Sebron pressing and pouring it out and really bothering the other team for like a, uh, for one media timeout segment for like a four minute segment. I think, I think that, that would be a great change of pace. You bring in some guys, go to the press, those athletic use them that way. And then you come back and you say, okay, we can come back and look a little different. Manny Bates, DJ Funderburg, you know, you, they got some size. He's got a lot of different parts this year. And the one I don't worry about is Devin, obviously. But I do think when they're going to be really good and when they play their best is when they're going to have those other guys knocking down shots. And you know I'm a guy that wants, you know, four or five double-figure scorers and yeah. I'm not saying he's going to be, you know, averaging 25 a game. For me, I need him almost as the energy guy that is this, like he to me, when he goes, this team goes, I guess is the right way to say it. When he mm-hmm. is bringing that energy on the defensive end and as well as being aggressive on the offensive end, for granted, I think there's times where he's just pounding the rock a little bit too much. But when he is, you know, kind of very aggressive offensively as well as defensively, I really think he makes the team kind of go on all eight cylinders, however many cylinders you want your vehicle to be, uh, a little bit better. And I guess that's kind of the way I should have probably worded it. But I'm with you. I do think, you know, they do have that depth with what Coach Keats wants to do, where they want to pressure the ball, where they want to have guys coming in, going out. But I do think they need to find that, kind of niche with more guys scoring the basketball and having that availability, uh, which was something I had when I was there. You know, we had at any, at any night, someone could have 18 points. I don't fully see it out of this team. I see a lot of guys, you know, that can get to that 12, 13. I just don't see a big guy besides DJ and Devin currently that could, you know, just have a hot night. So again, interested to see what they do. I think he is going to be their motor, but um I think kind of like what you said, we just need that second group to come in and really change the pace, but they also need a scorer in that second group. And I, and I don't know who that will be unless they, you know, leave Devin in that rotation. Um, I'd like to see Braxton coming off a little bit more screens, not so much 
pin, uh, not so much uh, ball screens. So I'd like to see a second score out of that group to really make that group be effective. Cause I feel like if they just go full on pressure, change the pace, you still need to put the ball in the basket a little bit there. So that might be Thomas Allen too. And, know, and again, he has from Nebraska, he can shoot. And he hasn't um, played great yet, Yeah. but it, again, I do know he's new. It's early on. So he's probably trying to get a feel for where he's at. Uh, they haven't had any preseason games. So these are his two preseason games. So I think as, the season goes on, he'll, he'll start to mesh. I, I mean, he's coming off some injuries and stuff. So it, it's just a matter of time. So overall with this team for granted, it's two games against teams that are literally terrible. Uh, what are your expectations for the past? Well, wait, let's, let's, They're let's, terrible. Let's, let's just call it how it is. Uh, listen, I haven't played basketball in three months. I could roll it out right now. I'll take you. I'll take Jeff Goodman, uh, give me Coach Keats, and uh, give me Dave Dave Doran. I'll take you guys, and we'll go, and we beat them. I With you on Charleston Southern, North Florida won 21 games last year. They're, they're actually last, not a bad team in the Atlantic Sun. That's last year. Uh, what was it? Hold on. I got but they were top. They were top 50 Ken Palm in offense last year. So I'm with you. Charleston Southern's not a good team. But North Florida, I'm not suggesting NC State's now going to go win the ACC championship because they blew out North Florida. I'm just saying, put a little respect on North on the Ospreys, man. They get this much. That's, that's <laughs> all I'm getting. If you want me to give them that much, I'll give them this much. <laughs> that, that's all I'm doing. So with the two semi-okay teams that we played, where do you see State finishing? We'll start with the ACC, and then do you see them as a tournament team? Again, I'll, I'm going to answer the, first, the second question first. I think they're a tournament team. Yes. Okay. Uh, they were a tournament team last year. I, I'm convinced of that as well. They're pretty similar to that team in the sense that I, I feel like 10 and 10, 11 and 9, maybe 12 and 8 in the ACC mm-hmm. is a ceiling. Probably 12 and 8 is what you're looking at. Um, because I just think this is going to be a crazy year in the ACC. It, it's not going to be unlike... Uh, your last year, 13, where Miami wins it. And one of the reasons I would get so irritated with you that year and that team was there are only so many years where Duke isn't that great and Carolina (laughs) isn't that. There was only so many of those years. And I think that, I think this will be one of those years too, where the door is open and obviously Virginia is picked to win the league. They're my pick to win the league, but they lost to San Francisco. Um, they're beatable. Uh, I don't think this is a year where Tony goes 18 and two Florida state. Maybe they're the most talented team in the league. That's what really struck me, Scott, watching Duke and Carolina this week in their pre in their basic preseason tournaments and that they're not super athletic. Um, I think what's happening in college basketball is you're you're seeing the wings six of the top 33 in the top 100 last year went to the G League. Five of them were basically wings or guards, and I think Cade Cunningham at Oklahoma State is is like the only super athletic Zaire Williams at Stanford super athletic guy. But what did I just say? Oklahoma State and Stanford. That's yeah. not Duke and Carolina. That's not Kansas. Um, so I think it's a it's an unusual year in college basketball. 
That's an unusual year in the ACC. But as I tweeted the other day, the door's open. And when you're NC State, you only get so many of these years yeah. where the door is open. And I will say, after watching a few of these games, I know it's Virginia, Duke, Florida State, North Carolina, Louisville, Syracuse, Miami, who was predicted to be ahead of us. I can't say that there ain't any of them that can't be beaten by this state team. Yeah. Uh, so it, it definitely will be interesting. I think I said it earlier. I was talking to Jeff prior to the show. I think Louisville was my overrated team. Um, they too. they surprised me though so far. But that, and and that's what he, he they came out to win the two games shorthanded. Yeah. So uh, they, they definitely surprised me a little bit. But I'd still say they're probably my overrated team. So I think there's legitimately three, maybe even four teams that I feel like if state can utilize their seniority, I guess, their experience, they have a good chance to maybe creep into that, you know, five spot, possibly four, uh, just because I, I, there's so many unknowns. And I think especially with the virus too, you have no fans. A lot of these, you know, smaller teams now have the opportunity to jump up and beat one of these big teams like a Virginia because there's no pressure. There's not a fan in the stands. So uh, it'll be different to see, but I am hopeful for my state. I'm with you. I think they're going to be a tournament team. I would just like to see them towards the top of the ACC leaderboard so that it takes out any doubt so we don't have to be on a bubble and have to deal with any <laughs> of that again. That's just no fun. What so. a dream would it be for you to play in that empty Cameron Indoor Stadium like Michigan State played the other day? Oh, that would be, I mean, amazing. I mean, <laughs> I'd just love to hear Coach K talk the whole time. That would just be awesome. What'd you say, Jamie Lucky? Okay, yeah. That's, <laughs> that, that just doesn't sound very appealing to me. Uh, How many threes would you hit in an empty Cameron? I, I mean, it's the best gym you played in, no? I wouldn't say it's the best. It's not my favorite. Really? No. No, the Greensboro Coliseum is your favorite gym. but Yes, Greensboro Coliseum is my favorite gym. And then I don't know what Florida Stage Gym's called. That would probably be my <laughs> second pick. Um, they renovated it. <laughs> are you serious? Yeah. All right. I still remember you texting me from Spain. Hey, did they get new it's a PNC arena. I was like, only thing Scott would notice. Well, at least they finally did it. And it's still probably a hockey arena to me, but it's all good. But let's let's move on to some kind of goofier questions. We kind of touched enough on NC State. We've 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 kind of said said what we think is gonna happen with them. Who is your best interview that you've ever had? I had a feeling you were going to ask me this. It's okay uh, if you don't say me. I, and honestly, it's probably better you don't say me. They, they'll think you're just a homer. Yeah. Best interview. Uh, well, coach division, it's Roy Williams. Okay. Player division, you may not like this one. It's uh, – I'm going to say Trevor Lacey. That's fine. Trevor don't bother me. Trevor's one of the nicest guys I've ever met. Yeah, Trevor's one of the smartest guys I ever covered. He's also really, very basketball really smart. Yeah, yeah. He's he's gone on to have a great career overseas. He's making some great money right now, and uh, he's uh, he's doing well for himself. So you have you know one of your favorite interviews. So what is your favorite interview? Like one that you look back and you're like, man, I just got some of the best content you could ever have gotten from this guy. <laughs> like, do you look back? 
and say, man, that was one of the best segments I've ever had. Like, I want that one. Who is that? Well, uh, the risk of being modest, I have a flair for asking questions in press conference. Um, one that stands out that I remember at the time, like people across the ACC texting me was uh, when Holden Thorpe, the UNC chancellor, had announced, it was the press conference where they had fired Butch Davis, North Carolina. Okay. And I had, I, I literally read the guy Butch's contract and I said, why are, why are you paying him to go away? And like the gap, the audible gasp in the room, <laughs> you know, was just like, oh, I can't believe we just, I can't believe we just said that. And like I said, I, I had like, I don't know. And, and I'm not one of these people who likes to tweet while I'm in a press conference, but I just had people like, I, I just DM me being like, I really can't believe that just happened. So, hey, you got to ask the hard uh, questions, man. You gotta, you sometimes do. you don't want to answer, do. but you gotta ask them. Hey, I, if I had a dollar for every time you or somebody asked me some stupid question, I didn't want to answer, but I answered it anyway. And it probably got me in a little bit of trouble, but you go stupid. ahead. Stupid. Yeah. I, <laughs> I, didn't, I did not inspire the, uh, do you beat your wife question? Listen, that was not me. <laughs> the one thing that I've learned is the media wants to just poke you a little bit to get that one dumb question comment out so then they can blast you all over espn or cbs cheat on, cheat on your wife sorry sorry yeah so and i'll never forget I, i'm telling at first it, i was like everybody's like i didn't expect it to go like <laughs> on yahoo front page and everything and then and then there's like all these people on the the comments that are like oh he really just said that like did his wife really cheat on him and then my mom's like get in the comments like dude he asked a stupid question this and that blah 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 so yeah it, it blew up a little more than i thought but um i appreciate you coming on your show. mom was there to save your honor hey listen if there's one person in my family that'll save my honor and i would put up for a fight it'd be my mom so shout out to tawny who is probably the best fighting mom there is so <laughs> there ain't many people that got kicked out of more games than her either so <laughs> One quick Tawny story. I know I got a, I got, we're running up on, on the deadline, but she, she was in Madison Square Garden. We're playing UConn in the Jimmy V Classic. Yeah, I was there. And, uh, and uh, she's literally right behind the bench. And I didn't know about this at the time, but then after the game, I think it was my cousin or my uncle came up to me. And, Did you hear your mom going at it with the, uh, the official? And I guess the official said like something very, very rude. And she got up and was just laying into him. And so, the the official at Madison Square Garden goes to the score table and says, "Hey, if that lady says one more thing, she's out of here." So my mom might have been one of the first people to ever probably get kicked. Well, besides Charles Oakley, but uh, to get kicked out of the <laughs> Madison Square it was Garden. Him. Yeah. So uh, yeah, she's a she's a fireball. So, but we love her. But I appreciate you being on. Everybody, check them out. ESPN a fan. What is it? The OG. The OG, three to six, 99.9. The the 99.9. So check him out. He's one of my good buddies. Uh, you know, we probably didn't get along great to start off. I didn't just didn't care for the interview side of it. But, you know, we've come a long way playing golf all the time. So please like, subscribe, do all those things. I appreciate Wolfpack Nation listening. 
Thank you, Joe Giglio, for being on the show. And I'll get back with you guys probably after one of these games. And I, I really want to do one of the segments after game. I may have you do that with me. We'll just break down the game afterwards. Uh, if you get some time, we, we may do that. I'd like to do maybe the UConn or Michigan game. So, uh, again, thanks for being on the show. And this is Scott Woods, One Man Wolfpack. Thank you, guys.